You're listening to a bonus episode of Fucks Given. Hello, curious fuckers. I'm so excited to be bringing you a little bonus episode today, which is a very special story, an extra story that I wrote for the press release of my book. And it was inspired by the new Bridgerton series coming out. We love the enemies to lovers storyline. We are obsessed with it. So I wrote a story all about that really, an enemies to lovers based in the same kind of era as Bridgerton and it gets sexy and I'm super excited for you to listen to it. This is an extra story, so this one is not in my book. So if you want more stories like this, make sure you grab yourself one of my books or the audiobook, which, let me tell you, is so fucking sexy. So I read out all the tips and advice and the bits in between, all the me me bits, and we have some amazing people reading out the stories like with really sexy voices and you're gonna hear one of them in this bonus episode Cody Wilder so without further ado shall we get into this bonus story obviously as always make sure you're following us on social media at Florence Bark at read amber x and at come curious. Make sure you give this podcast a rating and a review and follow us on Patreon. Every single little ounce of support you can do helps us in a way that you don't even know. Let's get this podcast into more people's ears. This story has been written for you to masturbate to. For more stories that will turn you on, and techniques that will give you the most pleasure possible while you listen to them. Search for This Book Will Make You Feel Something by Florence Bach. Also available in print and ebook. A Forbidden Fondle. Read by Cody Wilder. The listening time of this story is 13 minutes. The sexual content includes clip play, fingering, blowjob, nipple play, and vaginal penetration. I hear the hard soles of my shoes against the varnished ballroom floor. They clap, softly, amongst an array of voices in this expansive, indulgent hall, which is playing host to hordes of rich socialites. A gathering of those I despise most. People looking to expand on their already decadent lifestyles by marrying a wealthy suitor. Both families build their power and autonomy in this world, keeping the rich, rich. I navigate my way through the bushy dresses, swamping the air between people. As I walk, I feel the hairs on my neck prickle at the many stares lingering on me. I have a reputation amongst these people. I am a black sheep, if you will. To their disdain, I spend most of my time alone with my horses, keeping the stable clean, reading under canopies of trees, 
My friends are the locals at one of the town's dirtiest drinking establishments. They have the best stories, and they know what it's like to really live. I despise the life I've been born into, and the life that is expected of me. I find myself a wall to lean against, a good place to observe the sheep. My mother checks in from the distant side of the room. She hopes that I will put in the effort to socialise and maybe meet someone with potential. The thought makes me roll my eyes back in my head. I can almost hear her irritable sigh. But then the room goes silent to welcome her. Her dress swoops into view before she does. I roam my eyes up her body, over the full skirt to the waist any man would want to hold, to the cream lace dripping from an intricate corset propping up two perfectly rounded breasts. Above them, a pearl necklace is draped over her soft skin, and above that, her lips are parting softly in a sneer-like smile. The arrogance, I think to myself. Her eyes travel around the room at the flurry of excited, thirsty men who have shuffled forwards, hoping to win her over tonight. And then she finds me in the crowd. Her eyes narrow, a hunter spotting a stag. She looks me up and down and smirks. She moves into the room. But that smirk lingers in my mind and ignites anger inside me. She's the worst of them all. And to think that I once thought I loved her. Her name is Margot. She's filthy rich, like the rest of them, but her family are adored and put on a pedestal because her father is in politics and close friends with the royal family. She is the definition of being brought up on a silver spoon. Arrogant, classist, ignorant, I despise her. I count myself lucky that she was sent to Switzerland for finishing school when we were younger. Our fling flung. The night plays out as usual. People talk and dance and moan and gossip. At the first opportunity to slip away, I do. Heading out into the darkening rose garden alone. The grand house towers above me. The light from the windows illuminating the roses with a soft orange glow. I walk between the bushes that grow tall enough to hide a person and breathe out in a deep, exaggerated sigh. A sound behind me snaps me out of my surrender. It's you, a woman's voice says coolly. I turn to find Margot staring at me with the same cruel smile as before. I stare indifferently back at her, though my heart is pounding inside my chest. You don't talk much these days. Her voice trails off as she weaves between two of the rose bushes. I trace the shape of her body with my eyes, watching her touch the flower petals gently with her fingertips. I... My voice gets stuck in my throat as I try to talk for the first time this evening. I hear her giggle. The fire burns inside me. Why would I bother wasting my breath on you? My voice shoots a sting over at her, just as she winces from touching a thorn. She takes her pricked thumb to her mouth and sucks on it. 
I can't help but watch her as she does this. Then, she says, As I recall, you used to like using your breath with me quite a bit. A memory enters unbidden into my head. The curve of her exquisite neck up close, her sweet skin under my lips. I want to shake myself. Even I used to be foolish and naive around your type. I spit back at her. My type? She giggles again and begins to walk down the pathway opposite to me. I can't help but mirror her walk, following her shadowy figure as my hands grip into fists. Greedy elitist sheep, I jab. She disappears behind the roses, so I can't see her reaction to my words. I hurry my steps, waiting to see her again. Then, she says, What a shame. She re-emerges, and I stop, our adjacent pathways joining together. Her eyes linger on my lips. I notice her breasts rising and falling. Is her heart beating as fast as mine? She starts to step towards me. What's a shame? I say briskly as she raises her eyes to mine. We are so close now, I can feel her breath on my face. Her brows furrow in frustration. That you can't see beyond all of this, she says. Or, I might add, don't bother to. You're just as tiresome as everyone else, don't you see? I stare back at her. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to think. Until she grabs my face in her hands. Her touch ignites something other than hatred. Lust? My body is betraying me. She reaches up and whispers into my ear. Maybe I'm not like them. Something stirs inside me as my eyes linger on her neck in the moonlight. I close whatever gap is left between us and kiss the soft skin below her ear. It tastes faintly of salt. I exhale as a charge like a gunshot ripples between us. She moves her face sharply and our mouths have found each other. Her grip tightens on my face as she kisses me back. I lap my tongue against hers, searching desperately for reason, trying not to think about the fact I despise her, that I can't tolerate her, that she can't tolerate me. I move my fingers into her hair while her hands run over my waistcoat, pulling at the buttons. I move my hands down, feel the plumpness of her breasts under my fingers, slipping them under the material to pull them up into my palms. Her nipples now revealed from above that fine fabric I hate so much. They feel as soft as velvet under my fingertips. She is pulling off my jacket, then my waistcoat, pulling my shirt up and over my head so that my chest is bare. My skin tingles in the rush of the cold night air, then even more so when she runs her warm tongue and hands over me moving down my body until she finds the fly on my breeches. My heart beats fast and my mind is swirling with anticipation as she pulls down my underwear too and my stiffening cock breaks free. Before I can blink, she takes me into her mouth. Pleasure ripples through my entire body, her wet mouth warm around me as her tongue massages my shaft. A moan rumbles in my throat, heat spreading through me. Gasping for air, I grab her shoulders and pull her up to my level and collide with her tongue. 
I frantically pull her close, breathing in her scent, my hard cock pressed against her thigh through the folds of her dress. I bury my head in her freed breasts, moving my mouth over to her now hard nipples, sucking gently. She throws her head back and moans, which spurs me to go harder. She pulls me closer, grabbing my hair into her fists. I could stay here for hours, but my throbbing cock has other plans. I get down on my knees, lifting up her layered skirts so that I can run my hand up her bare thigh until I find the space between her legs. I slip my fingers inside her, between the folds of her aroused pussy. She starts to moan loudly. I reach up and put a hand over her mouth to stop her. She is outraged at being curtailed, and she bites down on my finger. I recoil from the pain. It's as if we've both momentarily remembered how much we hate one another. I remove my hand from between her legs, and her eyes go wide, realising what she's done. No, she pants, grabbing onto my arm and keeping it in position. Slowly, cautiously, she takes my other hand, the one she bit, to her mouth, and wraps her lips around the finger she hurt, caressing it with her tongue, sucking it gently. I put my finger back inside her, then another and push deeper within her, with a little more force than before. Her moans strengthen once again. Fuck me, she commands, her eyes wild and violent. I obey. I pull her down onto the pathway and plunge my ready cock inside her wetness. The warmth sends shivers up my spine. I draw back and plunge in again, then again, slowly at first and rhythmically. She puts her own hand over her mouth now, but I want to hear her moan. I take it away and pin her hands above her head. She leans up and kisses me instead, her tongue inside my mouth, the way my cock is inside her. She feels intoxicating. Like something I could get addicted to. As I get faster and faster, she pulls her hands free from beneath mine and runs them down my back, searching my body, pinching my skin. My thrusts get harder and I feel dangerously close. Before I let myself come, I pull out and roughly push aside her skirts. She leans up on her elbows to see what I'm doing, looking down at me between her legs with wild, dull eyes. Still looking at her, I trace the flat of my tongue over her entrance. I push my tongue around her folds, around her clitoris. Then I suck on it and listen to the sound of her musical moans. I want to hear her sing with pleasure. As I encircle her clit once more, I dip a finger inside and feel the softness envelop me as I curl up to find her favourite spot. She gasps. I gather momentum with my tongue and finger, rubbing the sweet spot, lapping at her hardening clit again and again until I feel her pussy tighten around me, her scream of joy echoing through the garden. I move back up her body and plunge fiercely inside her dripping pussy. I press my face into her neck as I thrust deeper and harder, deeper and harder, the moans of her orgasm still echoing in my ears. As I feel the last shock of heat pulse through me, I let my body come to a shuddering stop, and I look into her eyes. In the amber glow from the house, it is as if they are burning for me.
You have been listening to A Formidable Fondle. If you liked it, you'll find plenty more sexy stories and ideas about how to make the most of them in this book will make you feel something. Available in audio, print, and ebook. Well, that was uh, hot. <laughs> anyway, I hope you enjoyed this little bonus episode. Of course, if you enjoyed this little story, make sure you go and get your hands on my book. This book will make you feel something. It's on Audible. It's in paperback. You can get your hands on this in bookshops and online everywhere that you get your books from. The audiobook, as you can hear, has some very sexy storytelling. So it'd be worth maybe getting the paperback and the audio version as well. And you can also get the ebook. So, 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 so excited for everyone to read the book. If you really enjoyed it, please leave me a little review on Amazon because I need about 50 reviews on there to get myself into a good algorithm. And we want this book to sell because we want people talking about sex and normalizing sex, taking the shame away from sex and especially solo sex. So make sure you help out by leaving a little review and telling your friends about the book as well. If you enjoyed it, just share it with a friend and start the conversation because as we all know, it's all about having a conversation. That's how we rid the shame around sex. So make sure you follow us on social media at Florence Bark, at Read Amber X, and at Come Curious. You can find us on YouTube. We're on Patreon if you want to support us there. And you can also follow us on our Facebook group, where there are over 1,100 curious fuckers answering dilemmas meeting up for sex parties, all of those fun things. So make sure you join there as well. And until then, see you next Thursday, curious fuckers. In the 1970s, John Todd burst onto the evangelical scene with a shocking tale. He claimed to be a former witch, involved in a then unheard of secret organization called the Illuminati, and urged Christians to prepare for a violent world takeover. First of all, the number one weapon in everybody's home should be a 12-gauge pump shotgun. Hear the amazing story of one of the originators of the modern-day conspiracy theory. From Magnificent Noise and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Cover Up, The Conspiracy Tapes.